0: Cast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill,
1: and you're tuned in to Three Questions in a Song. With me tonight is Ray Powers. What's up, Ray? Hey, Bill. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. For, for those of you that aren't familiar with the show, it's a very simple premise. It's three questions in a song. <laughs> Truth and advertise. That's right. I'm terrible at naming things, which we discussed a little <laughs> off-air earlier. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Ray two questions, and then we're going to talk about a song, and we'll come back And the last episode's guest, Shock Frenzy, has a question for Ray. And uh, Ray will ask a question of Cytheris. No, Scytherism. See, I cithyrism. messed it up. Scytherism. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this this is a really quick, fast paced, um, probably shortest interview Ray's gonna do in this round.
0: <laughs> Rapid That's fire, right. I like it. All
1: okay, right, right here we go. Having started touring at the age of fifteen and being into different aspects of the music industry over your lifetime, what do you believe was your biggest moment?
0: Ooh, wow. Well, I've been blessed to have played with a lot of people, rock and roll hall of famers, on bass. I was a bassist and keyboardist way before I decided to uh, have the audacity to jump out in front. Over the years, I played with the Drifters, um, Tavares. Um, There's been a lot of groups. I toured with the Drifters regularly. And one night, about eight years ago, 2012, we're doing a concert in the main showroom in Atlantic City. And I had no idea that Benny King, God rest him, he's gone five years now. I had no idea he was in the crowd. And I certainly had no idea they were going to bring him up to do Stand By Me with the group. And the song starts with bass. So he comes up, he introduces himself, he says hi. And I played the song a million times on stage with these guys. But now I'm playing with Benny King. This is like the number one song of the 60s. (laughs) And I'm going, please, God, make sure I'm on the right note to start this. And I actually had to put the bass to my ear. And I had to, God, is this the right note? When nobody was looking, <laughs> with the with the volume down, because I was just so like nervous at that point, and then the first couple of notes go by, and then it's all it's all good, but that was among a lot of high notes, a lot of high marks. That was probably the coolest. And then five years later, three years later, I sadly attended his wake, but uh, that was a thrill. Um, question two:
1: uh, You can pick one album that you've already listen to and, and erase it from your memories so that you can have that, that first time listen again and, and that, have that emotion which, which album would you want to listen to again for the first time
0: wow I am so addicted to vinyl and uh, my collection was kind of frightening for a while I'd have to go to my favorite album of all time um, they only come out at night by the Ed Winter Group and I heard that for the first time with my uncle, who was pretty hip for being so much older than me. I was 16, blew my mind the first time I heard that cover to cover. And I knew Free Ride, I knew Frankenstein, but all the deep cuts, knowing what I know now about the techniques of music and what I'm really listening to, and getting you know, I guess experience that for the first time with him, that would be, you know, with the freaky artwork and you're watching, you're looking at the liner notes as you're listening. Mm -hmm. I would love to experience that all over again.
1: You, you made me think my my first experience with Rock was with my uncles as well, who are only a little bit older than me. Um, my uncle Dan is five years older than me. And my uncle Bill is nine years older than me. And uh, my first memory of listening to Rock was um, Destroyer by Kiss in, in their yeah. bedroom in the
0: big jam boxes. Know, like in the 80s, those big
1: cassette players. <laughs>
0: That was my introduction to Kiss. Of course, I was five or six when that came out, so I remember as it was mint new. And my friends going, "You got to hear this! Oh my god!" <laughs> and that's it. We were never the same.
1: Um, all right, so you're going to talk I'm gonna talk a little bit about the song we're going to play tonight. Um, it's you, and um, you can talk about your the um, album that you have that that you put out. The is it decade
0: decade of singles? Is that Yeah, it's decade of singles, 2011 to 2019. You know, again, self-explanatory. Collection of singles plus some goodies, some unreleased B-sides, some unreleased stuff completely. And I've got 30 minutes of video to go with it. And of course, the liner notes and everything else that an album should have. That's the worst part to me about Spotify and everything else is you lose the liner notes, you lose everything. You know. You get the song, but the whole experience of doing an album was to have the visuals, too. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put that back in there. As far as the song It's You, that was my first commercial single. And the first real breakthrough I got with radio. And it went indie number one in a lot of markets. Nashville accepted it. And to this day, it's my favorite song. You hear artists going, I can't pick one of my babies. That's my favorite (laughs) by far. Everything about it was perfect. I did the bass track in one take. Played just about everything on there, save for the lead guitar and the drums. But tons and tons of vocals. You know, way overproduced it. She was channeling Queen and the Bee Gees and all this cool stuff that I grew up with, Def Leppard. And uh, that to this day is my favorite song to play live, to listen to. I can still listen to it. It still sounds fresh to me. And now having it remastered, it just sounds that much more crisp and that much more current. So that's... My
1: favorite. I I normally don't do this because I'm always afraid to mess up the lyrics, but I think there's a line in there that says you're, you're the kiss at the end of the movie.
0: Mm -hmm. I, I loved that line when I heard it. That was. Thank you. Actually, that song was written seven years earlier for a female. It was supposed to be an up and coming country artist. She was gorgeous. She could really sing. And then one day she just left the business inexplicably. And when they asked me if I had a single, I said, well, here's something I was working on. I, I refit it to you know, fit my voice. It was more country, and I kind of made it more of a mainstream AOR rock song or adult contemporary, whatever it's been called over the years. But thank you. I wrote the lyrics and music to that, and that came fairly easy.
1: Okay, so what we're going to do now, we're going to take a moment and listen to It's You by Ray Powers, and we'll be right back for a couple more questions.
2: ring always do
1: That was It's You by Ray Powers. Um, right, before we get too much further into this, um, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you online, social media, websites, where they can buy your music? Oh, I'm, I'm
0: off the grid. I'll just have to bring your to your house. That's <laughs> the only way you could possibly get a hold of me. I'm like Santa Claus, I come <laughs> once a year. Now, the best place, I'm sending everybody right now to Bandcamp because site for the artists right now. Uh, RayPowers.bandcamp.com. That's nice and easy. Um, Bandcamp right now is getting the most attention, so I'm also helping out my label the most, Mad Hands Records, by going there. So that's probably the best way to go right now. Okay. Well, our question for Ray is, uh, does he prefer playing music, being an artist, or does he prefer um, working with the bands through his record label or, you know? Yeah. Yeah on the production on his side his production you, side yeah would he what's would he more play? satisfying to him the production side or the entertain like the, the performance performing yeah, perform in front of an audience or? yeah well first and foremost shock frenzy was great last week um great band can't wait to see them i wish i had seen them at striper at the agora that would have been awesome but uh i really love making records i do i love the process but playing live You get this immediate response to your music that you don't get with the record. And as much as I love the whole process of listening to a fresh new record after after being mastered, there's just nothing like that rush of a live audience. So I've got to go 5149 live. I mean, there's just no substitute.
1: Um sometimes they give bonus questions. How do you feel? You want to answer another question?
0: Sure, I'm here. Why not?
1: Off the cuff. Huh. Um, Those are the best ones usually. If if you could sit on that bench that everybody talks about for an hour and talk to any musician in the history of the world, who would you want to talk to, and what would you ask them?
0: Wow, one musician. You know, I'll I'll pick somebody and then say, "Damn, I should have picked this person," or "I should have <laughs> picked." There's so many to choose. I only get one. one? This is terrible. <laughs> oh, oh. I guess I would have to go with. I'd have to go with Elvis Presley. I know he didn't write his own songs and people say, oh, he was overrated. He was this and that. He was the king of rock and roll. I would I'd have a lot of questions as far as how many genres he crossed. I mean, he did gospel. He did country. He did R&B, did rock and roll blues. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to start there. And then everybody else. He influenced the Beatles. He influenced everybody. Chris Isaac. Millions of people after that, myself included. Billy Joel, there's a lot of us here because of him. Yeah, I only get one, so he's who I choose. <laughs> all right.
1: So on the next episode, we're going to talk to Cytherism. That's that's a tough one. I, that is. Um, you, you prepared a question for them. Do you want to want to ask that for me?
0: Sure. First of all, great group, real heavy grooves. I love them. Now, I now guys, I admit I had to Google this. And I'm sure you get this all the time, but what was the story behind choosing Scytherism as a band name? And I love that there's an actual name for that phenomenon.
1: Yeah, I had no idea until I Googled it. <laughs> and you Googled it to find out what it meant. I Googled it to, to see it, right. how you pronounced it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I was hoping you knew or else I was going to be screwed. Well, I did know and I still messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> um Ray, I want to thank you for coming on. Is there any, anything you want to mention last minute that we
0: didn't didn't cover? Um, just hit you know hit up raypowers.bandcamp.com. You can also hit up madhandsrecords.bandcamp.com. That's my label. They have all the catalogs. So, um, but thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, support live music when it comes back. Support recorded music. We need you. Please. Thank you. Okay.
1: Thanks, Ray. And uh, for those of you that are are tuned in uh, make sure you check us out on the first and 15th of each month for new episodes of three questions and a song if you look above me in the video you'll see the pennsylvania rock show because i forgot to change the logo that's my other my other podcast <laughs> that is every friday at pa rock show.com if you want to check that out um same basic idea a little longer and uh mostly rock and metal bands from pennsylvania
2: This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-sign music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.